Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Gurren Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Halfway through the NFC. Uh, you know, we're coming up to the AFC, NFC South here. And uh, again, one of these divisions, first off, uh, it, it, to me, it's wide open completely. Uh, but boy, what a what a complete shift and changing of the guard within this division was. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, we're, we're going to be in for a topsy-turvy, you know, season as far as that division goes. We'll see We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, since the Brady era, for the years he was there, you know, they were really um, the dominant team in that division, the most reliable team in the division. And uh, uh, now, at least in my view, it looks like they have the team, they're the team with the most question marks. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I would. We'll I, see how it plays out. I, I would definitely concur with that. I think the Atlanta Falcons, who we're going to talk about today, um, made a number of changes, particularly on the defensive side of the football, to try and make themselves a better football team. And obviously, the drafting of Bijan Robinson. Um, so let's yeah let's let's tackle these Atlanta Falcons, who you know is we talked about the running game is kind of been reignited a bit in the NFL, first time in twenty odd years where r- rushing has gone up fairly significantly and if you look at what the Atlanta Falcons did they, uh, it's, you, it's actually kind of staggering uh, some people they, they tried to kind of look back at this and think if it was maybe a kind of a record but they increased their rushing production from now we knew this was going to happen eventually under Arthur Smith the offensive line got a lot better but they increased their rushing production by over 1200 yards from one season to another it's Thought to be the largest increase in the history of the NFL in terms of from one season to the next. Yeah, their offensive line uh, really, really improved dramatically. I mean, they are really one of the top ten offensive lines in football uh, right now, and we'll, we'll get to what that means for the for the running game. But as far as Desmond Ritter is concerned, I'm just not his biggest fan. Um, we'll see if he could take a step up. Um, I think quarterbacks from a year one to year two, there could be improvement. Uh, we see it time again, but I, I, I don't really trust the player. So as far as Desmond Ritter is concerned, um, I'd be hard-pressed leaving a draft, even if he's my number two quarterback in standards leagues or if he's my second quarterback in a super flex league. I really don't have him inside my top 20 to 24 at the position. I think I would rather, even as you get down that deep, I think I'd prefer some other guys. But, you know, if you could talk me into why he should be uh, in that range, you know, I'm, I'm, I could listen to it. I guess I could be talked into it. But I, I think for me, I have him more on the outskirts looking in than entrenched inside the top 24. How about you? Yeah, so I, I definitely understand it. We're not looking at a kind of a traditional passer. And, you know, when, when he, he had the opportunity to kind of run a little bit in those games, I think in the four starts, he had a little over 80 yards rushing. Um, he didn't throw any interceptions, so that's a good thing uh, in his four starts. Uh, was sacked nine times um, and threw only two touchdowns in those four starts. So maybe training wheel session, I don't know. Uh, from all reports from Atlanta Falcons camp, uh, Ritter has shown solid progress in the, in the, from the offseason uh, workouts. And I think Arthur Smith has a lot more at his disposal on this offense in terms of creativity than I think he had last year. So 
I, there's a part of me that understands what you say, but then there's a part of me that says, you know, Ritter is kind of one of these guys of intrigue where there could be some upside. By no means am I suggesting a, a, a number one quarterback here, uh, but, you know, maybe one of those guys that can be uh, backup material should something happen to your starter, uh, you know, for, for a week or so, uh, or if you're dealing with bye weeks. I, 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 I'm intrigued by the offensive personnel a lot more than others maybe. I mean, fair, fair enough. I, I think I just have a, you know, a different view of, of him. I think they're in that range. I think I would prefer other guys, but I think we're, we're more or less similar to our viewpoint of. Uh, but but I'll everything. tell you, I'll, I'll tell you this, Wiz. When, when you watched, I, I watched a couple of the series yesterday. I know it's preseason of, of CJ Stroud in, in that game against uh, the Patriots. You know, CJ Stroud didn't have time to look up in that game. Uh, he, you know, guys pouncing on him like right away and. You know, you mentioned this offensive line, and I mentioned the fact that, you know, Ritter didn't get picked last year. And, you know, this offensive line is, is one of the better offensive lines, so it, it can give your quarterback a little bit more time to settle in in the pocket. No, I understand that. I just think that, that it's one of those lines I think is a much better run blocking. Uh, I agree. And I think that's what kind of, I think that's what, what Office Smith really wants to do. And uh, let's get to Bijan Robinson. Well, well, let me just say one thing, Leslie. Without Bijan Robinson, Wiz. The Falcons ran for 2,700 yards and averaged five yards a carry. That is just astounding. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And uh, that offensive line is, is really one of the best units um, in, in football. Um, and there, there's a lot of hype surrounding B.J. Rob, Robinson. And he, he's the type of running back that could do it all. And he's certainly <clears throat> inside and should be drafted inside the top 10 or 12 at the position, but I've seen some, I've seen some rankings where he's going, you know, top four or five in overall in drafts ahead of players like Kelsey and Jamar Chase. And look, I think he could be a terrific player, but I, I just can't imagine that Arthur Smith is going to run him into the ground when Tyler Algier played so well. Um, they have some young pass catchers in Kyle Pitts who we'll get to and Drake London who we'll get to. But uh, the talent is there. The offensive line is there. But considering um, Tyler Algier, I think, is going to be there. They still have Cordero Patterson. Um, I think he's inside the top ten at the position. Don't get me wrong, but – I'm interested in hearing your view about him being as highly ranked as the third overall running back taken behind McCaffrey and Eckler. Yeah, there's. I think I've stated this before. Uh, there's no way I'm taking that play ahead of uh, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. It's just not happening. Uh, I'm sorry. And, you know, for a couple of different reasons. One, he's a rookie. Two, you mentioned Algier, who averaged five yards a carry last year. Thousand-yard runner and tremendous second half of the season. Cordero Patterson's still on this team as well. And they do have some weapons. John U. Smith joined this team. This team is going to play some 12 personnel, right, also with uh, John U. Smith and, and Pitts at tight end. Granted, neither of those guys are actually what I would call traditional tight ends. Uh, but they'll be on the field a lot together, I think. So... Uh, I would agree, probably top 10 at the position, but there's absolutely no way I'm drafting him ahead of those guys that I just mentioned. There's just, I, I can't do it. And unlike a player like A.J. Dillon, um, I don't think Tyler Algier has standalone value. However, when we did our most valuable handcuffs, he's right up there at the very, very top of the list because um, – 
he's not like a running back three or maybe you know maybe consider a flex, but certainly he becomes extremely important if you invest highly in Bijan Robinson because he's proven that he could not only get in there and get the lion's shares of the carries, but he could do something about it. So while I don't view Tyler Algier in the same regards as an A.J. Dillon, who I believe is standalone value on his own, um, one of the most valuable handcuffs, and if you're investing a first-round pick in B. John Robinson, uh, you need a lead to draw. You need to leave that draft with Tyler Algier as well. That's my view. How do you view Algier and Patterson? Yeah, I think um, you know Patterson will get used in that Swiss Army role. I think that'll be the case. He's now almost thirty. I think he's thirty-two. Going to be thirty-three shortly. So I agree with that. And and I definitely. So Algier's not going to really catch the ball that much anyway. Uh, and so I think if something would have happened to Robinson, for example, you'd see Patterson more on passing downs and Algier really carrying the carrying a load in the first couple of downs. But but I agree. He's shown you what he can do. He can move the chains. And uh, he's a big guy. He's a tough guy, former linebacker. And uh, I think Arthur Smith would have full confidence in that player if something would have happened to B. John Robinson. And I think I think you'll see him get six, seven, eight carries a game anyway. I, I really do. I don't think you're going to get too crazy with Bijan Robinson at least to start the season. Do you think that's enough for Tyler Algier to have standalone value? Or no, no, no. But no, but he's a very valuable handcuff. Very valuable exactly. handcuff. You know, top, top top of the pecking order. I agree completely. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with receiver, Wiz, because Drake London, to me, is comparable. To, uh, I would tell you this. If Drake London and George Pickens were on different football teams, they would be viewed differently from a fantasy perspective than how they're viewed currently. And both guys had very similar stats last year in terms of uh, catches and yards. Uh, Drake London's going to be a little bit less downfield than George Pickens, of course, but you know, physically big guys, right? Uh, but I think the fact that they're in the offenses where the quarterbacks don't necessarily have the prowess of those kind of top guys in the league, that kind of holds back the value of a player like Drake London, in my opinion. He did finish the season pretty strongly, a couple of solid, solid games. Uh, but, you know, he only scored four touchdowns. And I think it's still in this offense. And, and that was with very little... I mean, maybe it's a negative, too, the fact that Pitts was hurt last year. Maybe more attention was able to be put on London, and that was a drawback for him. Maybe with Pitts back, that helps. Uh, but I, I like London as a player, but I think the system kind of holds him back a bit in terms of fantasy value. I, I view him as a I view him as a, a really a wide receiver three whiz uh, based on everything I just said. And I do as well. Um, I'm not going to – the only receiver that I'm going to draft – in my fantasy football leagues will be Drake London, but he's a wide receiver three, exactly what you said. And for all the reasons that we talked about, the fact that they really want to run the ball, um, neither one of us think that Desmond Ritter is going to evolve into an elite quarterback. So I think wide receiver three, he's good enough to be drafted, but for those other reasons, holding him back to being anything higher than wide receiver three. So uh, I view it, exactly the same and it would take an injury to Drake London 
for me to even consider um, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller, or anyone else uh, in that uh, wide receiver room. Do you have any thoughts on any receiver? Or yeah, no, not really. I think you'll I, I think you'll see uh, Patterson play a little receiver too, as well as uh, maybe a little bit more so than with, with the group behind Drake London. I think it's possible you see him on the field a little bit more as a receiver. Like I said, I think there's a lot of entertaining packages here. You've got guys with a, a myriad of skill sets in this offense, and uh, I, I know Arthur Smith is definitely going to make use of those tight ends as well, Wiz. Yeah, and I want to like, I want to like Kyle Pitts more than I do. I really want to. I want to rank him higher. I want to. I want to go after him more than than at the end of the day. What's what the reality is in. I just don't like that he's off the field already and his injuries holding him back. And um, he didn't seem to have a great, he didn't play much with Desmond Ritter, but it didn't look like they had a great connection when they were on the field together. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about Kyle Pitts. Talent wise, yes, but there are just these mitigating, mitigating circumstances um, that, that is holding me back from considering. Kyle Pitts as a top five or six tight end. Talk me into it why he should be, or are you kind of agreeing with me? Uh, I, I'm not going to talk you into it because, first of all, he didn't play any games with Desmond Ritter last year. That's number one. Number two, if you remember, he, he has a player that came off a 1,000-yard season as, as a rookie, uh, as a tight end, which is hard to do. One touchdown in that rookie year. But last year, before he got hurt, he was basically the I want to believe he was looked at as top five in the position coming into last season. And all you saw everywhere you looked was what a bust that Kyle Pitts was last year. And I think once Kyle Pitts was out with injuries, I think he ended up with just a little over 300 yards receiving. And I don't know. I just, you know, to me, it's a puzzle. And like you, you want to believe in the athleticism, just like the fact that Atlanta made this guy such a high pick the year before, but I don't know if it's the right system for him to really be successful uh, the way we thought of it maybe coming into the 2020, uh, the way we were thinking about it coming into the 22 season, and it just didn't pan out. I don't know. I kind of want to wait like eight rounds later and take Tyler Conklin over pitch. I mean, I just feel like I could make good pick after good pick after good pick and then get a tight end so much later that we'll probably have around the same value of stats as Kyle Pitts, but um, as far as the special teams go on the Falcons, um, the Falcons' defense, you know, no interest whatsoever. And I think Young Wei is is one of the best um, kickers in football, and they seem to be in these type of games because of the offense they play, and their defense isn't great. They, they seem to be in a lot of field goal-type games where they send them out there. They certainly have confidence in him in kicking long field goals. So who is, without question, in my mind, one of the top 10, 12 kickers in the league? And uh, I won't have any problems if I leave a draft having him as my fantasy football starter. What say you? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I love I, I love Koo as a kicker, and he's got a big leg. And if it, if it's a better offense, and last year he produced plenty of points in this offense, so I, I think he's a top ten kicker. Uh, he's got perfect circumstances as well, and where he's kicking. So I got all positive to say about Koo. Uh, on the defense, uh, the only thing I'd say is I, I think they're a streaming option. They made a lot of changes, right? Uh, Jesse Bates, uh, they traded for Akuda. 
They brought in Calais Campbell. Uh, so some, uh, some Bud Dupree's actually on this roster. Now, I'm saying older guys, yes. But I just think they invested some money in defense, tried to get better. They don't necessarily have a decent division. So I think there's some weeks where you can definitely stream the Atlanta Falcon defense. Yeah, look, some people don't even concern themselves with defense. They, you know, they draft the defense, and it's just for the sake of just, you know, drafting them for that first week, and then they kind of streaming uh, the rest of the season. So if you could find the spot play for them uh, that you like, um, you know, by all means. But for me, um, I don't know, I probably will take the wait-and-see approach. Okay, that's it for the Falcons. Well done. Uh, again, an open division. I think the Falcons believe that they can win this division just like every, every other team, and that makes sense. Uh Next team up, uh, another team that's made lots of changes, Carolina Panthers, and that's next. Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Speak to you in a bit, Wiz. You got it.